Welcome. You're listening to the Salesforce Marketing Cloud podcast for the UK financial services community. Our aim is to let you know what's happening, when it's happening, and how you can get involved. We'll keep it short and in downloadable form so you can listen wherever you are. Hit subscribe to get notifications of new episodes, news, and announcements. I'm Miles. And I'm Joe. And we work at Salesforce in the UK. As ever, any views here expressed are our own. That's right. Don't base any purchasing decisions based on what we say. Just sit back, enjoy and learn. So what are we talking about this week, Joe? Today, Miles, we're talking about personalisation with the awesome Chris Kessler from Lev and Helen Cox, a data and identity expert from Salesforce. And we're here to discuss what personalisation means. It's become somewhat of a buzzword, but we're going to explore the ways in which we're seeing financial services companies get it right and some common pitfalls to be mindful of. So without further ado, Chris, Helen, thank you for joining us. It's great to have you both in the hot seats today. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. It's great to be here. Chris, we met through the Lev Salesforce partnership back in 2016. And I've known you for a few years, and it's safe to say you are one of our marketing gurus. So who better to educate and inform us today? Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Miles. Uh, my name is Chris Kessler. I focus on our UK business here at Lev. Lev is a Salesforce-only consultancy, and we specifically within that focus on Salesforce for digital marketing and for marketers in general. Um, Lev is one of a handful of partners globally that has achieved expert status for Marketing Cloud, which is just a fancy way of saying that we've done lots of marketing projects globally with a variety of um, enterprise customers um, with specific focus on FIN. So really excited to be here today. Um, I previously worked at Salesforce on the delivery side of the house, working uh, exactly in the same capacity with customers to implement global marketing uh, programs. Fantastic. Thank you, Chris. Really great to have you here. And Helen, could you share a little about yourself as well, please? Yes. So I've been with Salesforce for the last 18 months, specializing in data and identity. Um, Specifically under that falls our personalization and real-time interaction management solution. Um, and I have a background in MarTech, but also Salesforce consultancy as well. So, um, yeah, it's cross paths here today. <laughs> Lovely. So I think we've now firmly established that your credentials prove that you're just the people that we want to have in this discussion. So let me kick that off by asking, what do you think personalization is intended to mean and why is it so important? It's a great question. Um, And I think for us, what we often see is that personalization means a little bit of everything to everyone. So for us, it's really important at the beginning of an engagement and as we talk about a personalization strategy to define what we are trying to accomplish. And I think it's really useful to look at that through the lens of sort of three key pillars that we talk about. The first one being relevance, and that is how do we offer products and experiences to our customers that they will be interested in and excited about. The second then being the ongoing experience that they have with our brand. How do we continue to grow and expand upon that? Uh, And the third being trust. And that is really, are we making this a two-way relationship where we are listening to the feedback that we're receiving from our customers and changing the experiences that we are offering to them? Um, And I think the importance of being able to do all three of those um, continuously is you develop loyalty as well as advocacy, which is, you know, quite frankly, the, the easiest way to grow your footprint but also to give the best customer experience as possible. Yeah, and just to to add on to that, I would totally agree with what Chris said there, um, particularly the bit in the beginning. So what does personalization mean to us is pretty much what every single one of our customers asks us at the beginning of every engagement. Mm -hmm. And it's something that as a team, we help them to work out. 
Um, but why is it important? It's because nowadays customers are used to going to a website and having a really easy personalized experience, which they may not even realize is, is personalized, but they're going to a website, they're finding exactly what they need. They're doing it quickly. It's easy to do business with a brand and they get what they need, particularly within financial services. I mean, who wants to spend ages doing their tax or looking at insurance? Not me. <laughs> so to make sure that it's a personalized experience and it's quick, that's what a customer is looking for versus going to a website that's cumbersome. It's hard work to find what you need. People just give up in this day and age. So that's why it's important. Um, and working out what personalization means is something that we can help our customers with. So it sounds like um, this personalization capability is really a really master at predicting so when someone comes to your website, you already have a view of what their interests are and that's how you're going to personalise. So I'm imagining that many people aren't aware that that capability even exists. So yeah, I'm looking forward to digging into this a little deeper on how it works. So in terms of financial services, what do you see as the biggest challenge and opportunities that these companies are facing and that they're trying to solve through personalization? Um, yeah, so I think for us, the, the general challenge that we see is how do we personalize uh, to our end consumers without seeming creepy, for lack of a better word, right? Uh, there's two sides of the coin. On one hand, we continually have heard from end users that uh, the importance of privacy, and you'll see that with changes that Apple, Facebook, Google are all making. Um, while still, on the other hand, consumers have told us time and time again that they're more likely to stay engaged with brands that provide personalized experiences. Um, I think the other part of that sort of specific to fins is you'll see many of the newer fins companies uh, are leading with mobile first experiences and, and online first experiences rather than potentially a more brick and mortar type um, engagement. So really important then to have a, a thought process on how we make that personalized while still being mobile first. Helen, I don't know, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, just one thing I'd say that one of the biggest challenges we've, you know, we see within our customers within financial services is around regulation. There are millions of examples of this, but I'll give you one. Um, one is around um, like payments companies, for example, especially a lot of those are providing payments for, let's say, gambling websites or gaming websites, for example. And there is a lot of regulations around what you can and can't do in order to personalize. Um, but there's also a huge opportunity there because if you find the right ethical ways to do this, that yeah. stay within regulation, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, then there are multiple opportunities to cross and upsell across different brands. Um, so it can be good for businesses, but also good for customers as well. Fantastic. It's a very involved project, I think. And I, a key theme of what you're saying is, you know, don't go outside the lines of regulation and be authentic. So whatever you do, it's to enhance the customer experience, not to make people feel that they're being overly watched and analysed. Yes, and I think transparency is key to personalization. As long as you're asking for the right permissions, the right data, and then you're using that in a way that actually benefits the customer and you're being transparent about the way that you use that data, then I think that is the way forward in terms of personalization. And the overriding theme of what you're saying is personalization is important because unless you're getting a fantastic customer experience, you aren't going to retain that customer. Um, and that is often more important than, you know, the interest rate they're going to achieve. 
So what advice have you got for companies that are saying, we absolutely know we need to do more around personalization, but they're just not managing to get that to the top of their priority stack? What should they do to get started? Exactly. Yeah, I think a few things come to mind for me. One is um, I would recommend starting small. I think it can seem like a very overwhelming process to dive into a a full-scale personalization uh, regime. So create a roadmap of something that is actionable for you. And maybe step one is a very basic example of personalization. Uh, And months down the road, we might be looking at that more automated personalization that we can talk about in a second. Um, The second piece then is Uh, Try not to come to these engagements with preconceived notions of what will and won't work. We really recommend that our customers allow the data to inform what is happening. So you set up an experience with your customers, you see what uh, is the most effective, and then you let that drive the decisions you make from there. And then the third piece is don't be afraid to iterate, right? Um, These don't have to be long-term experiences. You can try multiple things. That includes trying different channels, whether it's web, mobile, email, um, different locations, different offers. Uh, the more things that you can experiment on, we find you get much more value in the end and learn quite a bit more about what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, and I'd echo that. Maybe just start with one channel, one use case. Maybe just start with the people that are coming to your website and leaving without doing business with you. How much would that impact your business and your revenue? Um, there's no need to think about personalization as being a massively overly complex project that's going to incorporate every single channel when you can just start with perhaps email or website, for example. So you gave the example of visitors to your website having an experience where actually the home screen is going to serve up just what they're looking for. What kind of examples can you give around email personalization? What's the technology actually doing? So when we personalize emails, we're taking behavioral data in real time to personalize what then triggers the journeys that we're doing through whatever ESP we're using. Um, And that could be, for example, things like if somebody's abandoned a process, like filling in a form, you'd want to act in real time to make sure that they're staying with you and not going to your nearest competitor, for example. It could be that somebody's come to your website and spent a long time engaging with, you know, one of your products specifically. You'd want to know that so that you can personalize the different journeys that you're going to put them into next and make sure that you're hyper relevant in what you're sending to your customers. So what this technology is doing is kind of twofold. On the one hand, it's saying I can recognize an actionable behavior of a prospect or a customer and it will automatically make the decision to trigger them on a certain journey. Alternatively, it can be up to the marketer to decide I'm going to take some time to analyze this data and I'm going to choose to create potentially a new journey that I'm going to put them on based on what the data is telling me. Yeah, I think about it two ways. So there's personalization right now. So someone's engaging with us now. What are we going to do next in order to drive them down to the next stage of the sales funnel? Mm -hmm. But also, what are we going to do next time they come to one of our channels? So next time they come through to the contact center or next time we send them an email or next time one of our sales reps has a conversation. So there's kind of two aspects. What do we do now? And then what do we do next time? And yeah, I would just add to that, Helen. I think that's a a great point. Uh, I think it's really important to view personalization as a journey. Um, We find too often that that first acquisition phase is really focused on on personalization. But then once we have those folks within our brand, maybe we don't spend as much effort on how we personalize experiences for them. And to the point I was making at the top, that's where we lose that loyalty, right? So really important to continue personalizing 
um, throughout that customer journey. Brilliant. And, you know, at the risk of sounding obtuse here, I know that some people will consider email personalization as, you know, you've put the person's name in and you've referenced the company they work for. That's not what we're talking about here. That's something that you get within Marketing Cloud. But here we're talking about a technology that's got the full context of the user and actually helps you to start them on, on certain journeys or progress them down certain other pathways to have a better overall customer experience with your brand. Chris, as always, technology can help. And it'd be remiss if I didn't share that Salesforce had capabilities in this space, as you would expect. But why don't you share some of your experiences on personalization projects? I definitely can, yeah. Um, that's why it's really exciting for me today as, as someone that works at a Salesforce partner to be here. I think if you can put together um, the experience that my team has and the expertise that we have in creating a personalization strategy with uh, customers, with the, the products that Salesforce are able to provide both marketing cloud as well as interaction studio, you can have really powerful result results. Um, so for us, it's, it's as much a process of how do we develop a personalization roadmap as a product suite. Um, and I think it's also really important to think about um, how we talk about multiple products inside of that. When we look at marketing cloud, for example, Joe, to your point, maybe it is starting off with a more basic journey and long-term looking at interaction studio to drive uh, more web-based experiences. The other important thing for us on the implementation side is um, looking at this as a, a multi-step engagement. And the first piece of that always is discovery, right? So we'll sit down with our customers and help them define what they're trying to accomplish for, as a business um, and then help them translate that into the technologies that we're talking about. That goes into defining use cases and also the more administrative things. So who will be the day-to-day -day users of these products and how do we help them get up and running? Um, and it is a full life cycle, right? So for us as a Salesforce partner, the most important thing is at the end of our projects, um, our customers feel that they are able to use these tools on their own and continue to grow on them as we know Salesforce um, allows you to do. So training is a really big piece of that um, and upscaling teams internally is also super important to us. Fantastic. And I guess, you know, the benefit of the Salesforce platform is the way that it works with other applications. Now, I know that um, the customer data platform or consumer data platform, whatever you refer to it as, there's some question marks over the extent to which there's an overlap with our personalization product, which is known as Interaction Studio. What would you say to people around how those two things can work together? So CDP is a way to unify your customer identity across your entire business. So you're really getting that single granular view. Um, what you get in Interaction Studio is, yes, a single customer view, but you're essentially bringing the information in that you need about your customer from each side over from across your business, whether that's your data warehouse or sales, marketing, service, et cetera, um, in order to personalize every channel that you want to personalize thereafter. Um, yeah, I would say if you're thinking about real-time interaction management and acting in the moment, then it's Interaction Studio. Um, the CDP will only serve to complement that because you're going to take all of the data from across your business, centralize it all into one place, and then you've got those awesome segmentation capabilities. So I would say, you know, for those front running businesses um, today within FinServe, they're probably going to want both. It sounds like it's a really powerful piece of software. And we know from the kind of surveys that are being run that 
a personalised experience is the minimum now that most consumers demand. And as you've gone through this and explained, personalisation means making the products that you offer, the recommendations, it's all about relevance. So for example, I personally, I have a bank that is insisting on continually sending me information about what great loans they can offer me. I've personally never taken a loan and I've probably been with them for over 20 years and they're not giving up that gig. Maybe one day I might take out a loan, but I just can't see it. So I feel like they don't really know me. <laughs> and that's a waste of effort on their side. So not only is it about retaining customers, it's also about conserving spend. Don't offer things to people that they are showing no interest in. What else is it they could be offering me is what they should be focusing their effort on, if I'm honest. I had the same thing from NatWest. So um, got my first mortgage beginning of this year. They sent me a really lovely personalized video, like all of my, like my specific repayments were detailed in there. My address was detailed in there. I was like, damn, like it feels like this is actually recorded just for me. And then last week they sent me a letter about uh, help to buy ISA for a first home. That's not even applicable to me because I've now got my first home and they should totally know that. So I think personalization is about you know, they're, they're clearly starting to personalise, but they're not connecting the dots between the channels. And I think that's what's important. And it sounds like a shame because the good work they had done was then fairly quickly undone. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's not the end of the world that I got that letter, but it of is a bit not. like, oh, it's, it's a bit shocking in this day and age that I'm still getting something that's completely irrelevant. And sure. to be honest, the first thing I think about is the Amazon and the wasted trees. Mm -hmm. mm. And I had that when um, my son, who, um, when he was 11, I said, yeah, you can have this bank account and it comes with his own little like debit card and everything. Um, but they also sent him a checkbook and that was quite amusing because I watched him open it. I knew what it was and he just looked at it and I said, do you know what that is? And he just went, no. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a signature, so yeah. And uh, he doesn't really have any kind of expenditure that's ever going to require a checkbook. So again, another waste of trees and not the best thing to have done, I would say. Um, but funny all the same. <laughs> um, so um, sticking back to um, what we're talking about here with personalization, it would be great if you could share the kind of results you've seen with marketers um, that they've realized through personalization projects and initiatives. Absolutely. Yeah, I can think of one that comes to mind. We started working with this customer um, and they had very limited personalization. Um, I think as we've sort of been saying this whole conversation, they knew they needed to do it, but they had a hard time figuring out how do we get started, right? So our team worked with them to define a roadmap. Um, and one of the first projects that we set up was let's do some personalized offers, right? Something really basic. How do we push out personalized offers to our to our customers? Um, and the thing that they saw relatively quickly, they did some initial testing and figured out, okay, let's have a couple different experiences that we want to provide. Um, and really quickly we're able to see they saw a six and a half percent growth rate in the click-throughs on their emails. Um, and on their website, they saw email opt-in jump, email opt-in jump by 54%, right? Which are absolutely massive numbers. Um, and both of those numbers are really impactful for a business because all that means is you're going to have more chances to get in front of your consumers, right? Um, there's loads of other examples that I could provide, but I think that really is the spirit of what we're seeing is if you can get something up and running and iterate on it, you will have really good results in the long run. Fantastic. Yeah. And I guess I can speak for kind of our, our whole customer base collectively and the types of metrics that we impact. 
it's usually around conversion because we're able to put the right content in front of the right customer at the right time so that it's more relevant. And so we see an uptick in conversion. Um, it's around call deflection because again, if we're understanding what the intent is of somebody's visit, and then we're helping them to find the right information, they've got less need to come through to the call center. Um, and it's about uh, retention as well. Just making sure that the customers that you've got, we all know that it's more expensive to acquire a new customer than it is to retain your existing ones. So it's just about making sure that we're giving them a good experience and we're not giving them any excuse to go and look at one of our competitors. It sounds like it's it's ticking a lot of the main criteria for any business and that is retain the customers you've got um, give them the best experience you've explained how it helps with the cross sell and upsell and actually those that have embarked on these projects have actually seen changes all moving in the right direction and i've seen some stats on some specific use cases which we can share um, along with this podcast that show you um, some of those really impressive um, increases in the right directions so thank you guys. Um, it's been a great discussion talking with you both. Um, you have given us a lot to think about. Um, as I was saying earlier, it's about thinking back through some of the things that you said. It's about personalization is around relevance, um, growing that brand experience, ensuring that you develop a trusted relationship with your customers. It's a two-way thing. So it's not just about what you're pushing to them. It's about you understanding the signals and how they treat that data um, so that you can analyze that behavior and really foster a relationship that drives loyalty and ultimately advocacy. Um, really important i think you're saying that this software isn't about being creepy <laughs> so while some people might say oh that's great that they knew that they're not actually feeling intimidated or overwhelmed or that big brother is watching them that's not what we're going for here um and everything that you do has to observe the privacy regulations um always important particularly in fins um and yeah, get started, start small, iterate, and you will see results. So yeah, perfect. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you very much, yeah. John. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much, Joe. Bye. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Hit subscribe to be notified of new episodes. Reach out to us on LinkedIn or email us at podcastuk at salesforce.com if you want to give us feedback or suggest content for new episodes. Until next time. Thanks for listening.